0: If you're not, you're still going to reap the benefits of it because we're going to be standing in the gap for you. And I believe there's going to be a ripple effect of healing, salvations, and deliverance to come out from that. But this morning, let's jump into the Word of God. Jesus, thank you so much for the Bible. We believe every word in it. We pray and thank you for the, the gift of revelation that's flowing through this house right now. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. We pray you open our eyes. So we can see you more clearly this morning, so we can love you more deeply, serve you more ardently, so your kingdom can advance in our city and around the world. In Jesus' name. So we're going through the book of John together as a body. I pray you're reading it and asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate Jesus to you all over again. John chapter 3. So we're going to probably hit a a, a ton of scripture this morning because i'm just going to teach and we're going to flow Let's go to john chapter 3 starting in verse 1 There was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews This man came to jesus by night and said to him rabbi We know that you are a teacher come from god for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with him Now what i'm a word of what we're about to read actually ties into what i was talking about regarding the prayer meeting tonight And that is this The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. You, when you gave your life to Jesus, were birthed spiritually into the kingdom of your father. You are a son or a daughter of God. God is a spirit, the Bible says. And so when you come to Christ, the first thing that happens... he breathes this Holy Spirit into your soul. Your spirit is reborn, Jesus says. We're going to read it in just a second. And you literally, your spiritual eyes open up and you can see spiritually and know God. It happened in the Garden of Eden where God created Adam and Eve out of dirt. And they were just lifeless. And then God lifted Adam up and went, And it says he breathed the breath of life into Adam. And Adam said, God. It takes spiritual enlightenment, a spiritual awakening to even know God. Adam and Eve fell from God's presence through sin. And they, the Bible says they, were, they, they died spiritually in that moment. And then eventually they died physically. We were never created by God to die. We were created to live forever. But once we died spiritually, then our natural bodies follow the spirit of death. And we eventually die. The reality is, family of God, the reality is this physical world was second. The spiritual world was here before this physical world ever came into existence. Jesus is going to try to explain this to this religious ruler in a minute and he's just not going to get it. And we don't get it in the western world either. When I go to Africa and gone to India and You go to these different places, Vietnam, the reality of the spirit realm, they just grow up with it. They got a witch doctor at the end of the uh, dirt road and they go down there and he cuts off the head of a chicken and they pray to their demons and miracles happen. I mean, it's just given. So when we go over there, I remember one time I went to India and our the the Western Christian church went over to India and led some Indians to the Lord and then taught them Western Christianity, which has nothing to do with power. It's all teaching and principles. So I went over there, and we went into this village, and they said something, and the people really weren't interested, and we walked out of the village. I said, what did you say to them? They said, well, we said that there's an American here that's come to learn about our culture. Well, they didn't have time for that because they got to harvest the crops, and they got to take care of their animals, and they're just in survival mode. I said, don't tell them that. Let's go to the next village and say that there's somebody here that wants to talk to you about the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And they had never heard of that ever in their entire lives. And they were arguing with me on the road. I was so frustrated because they had not been taught Christianity, which is kingdom now. Kingdom of God, come and will of God be done in the earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus demonstrated when he was in the earth. He walked around healing the sick. Cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. And then he told his disciples, now you go do the very same thing and say the kingdom of God has just come upon you. So I'm giving them this Bible study right in the middle of this dirt road while the cows are walking by, right? Which you can't touch, nor the cockroaches that were going all over the kitchen utensils in the restaurant that we're in because they're also holy. I mean, it's just darkness, spiritual darkness where you're worshiping the creation rather than the creator, And so they finally, trepiditiously, did what I asked them to do, and they went into the next village, and they said, there is somebody here who wants to talk to you about the kingdom of Jesus Christ and to heal the sick. And the lady standing there, or sitting there, talked about how her back was hurting. So then I laid hands on her back, and her back was completely healed. So she runs in and gets her daughter, and the daughter comes out. We pray for her. She was healed. And all of a sudden, people started coming out from the huts, and all of a sudden, we have a crowd around us, and people are getting healed. And then I shared with them the good news of Jesus Christ, and the whole village got saved. We went from village to village to village until this one guy, finally, we were sitting down in front of a, a temple, a, 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 I'd call it a demonic temple. The temple to their gods, and we're eating our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And this guy comes up on a bicycle and says, I've been looking for you everywhere. I've gone from village to village to find you. And I said, why? And he says, because I hear that you heal the sick. You need to not come pray for my mother. She's sick too. So we followed him, and she got healed. And I'm, we had over a four-day period. About 800 Hindus came to Christ because we were demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual kingdom that invades our natural lives and changes things to line back up with the will of God. Do we bat a thousand? No. But if you don't get up to the plate and keep swinging, you're not going to even get a single. Many Christians are sitting on the sidelines, sitting in the dugout. One, because of unanswered prayer, so you're discouraged. Or two, because you've never been taught about the fullness of... Of the kingdom of God. And so the next village we went into, I said, okay, when, once they told them what I was doing and the sick person came out, I stepped back and said, okay, now you guys lay hands on her and pray. They're like, no, oh no, oh no. And I said, oh yeah, well, I'm not praying, you guys pray. And so I taught them, I demonstrated, then they did it so that when, cause I'm going back home to America in 10 days, and they have to now advance the kingdom wherever they go. By the end of the week, they were laying hands on the sick and people were getting healed. It was so awesome. So awesome. So Jesus is about to explain to this spiritual leader what I was just talking about. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him. Mo- See, he came asking Jesus questions. And Jesus right now is about. To raise the ante. He's about to go to a whole other level that Nicodemus is not expecting. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, it literally means born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Once you come to Christ, you can do it right here in this service. If you've never come to Jesus Christ, you can do it right now. You can do it right now while I'm talking. You can say, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, rose from the dead, and I'm inviting you into my life right now. You do that right now as I'm talking. And your spiritual eyes literally will be opened up because the Holy Spirit will come into your soul and you will have a knowledge of God you cannot get out of a book. Unless one, this is Jesus Christ talking, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you understand how it's a spiritual kingdom? You can't even see it without the Holy Spirit's help. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That's a great question if you're talking about the natural world. Jesus answered, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water, which is natural birth, the Jews called birth water, or drop, if they actually use that term, and the Spirit. Unless one is born of water, the natural birth, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So now we're talking about seeing and entering the kingdom of God. Once you enter that kingdom, now you can pray to your Father in heaven, and He unleashes His kingdom into the natural world. Which is like when we have prayer teams down here. You come with a physical ailment, you come down for a spiritual solution. Okay, I'm going to show this to you in a, a deeper way. Let's go, to, let's go to the book of uh, Colossians chapter 1. So now Colossians chapter 1 is written, written by Paul who was a persecutor of the early church, he would literally have um, authority given to him uh, by the Roman government and by the, uh, by the religious leaders to go find these cult members called Christians. They weren't called Christians at the time, uh, but it was called The Way. And they would go find these Christians, like you and I have a meeting like this. The soldiers would come into those doors right there, put us all in shackles, lead us back to uh, whatever city, and they would torture us, feed us to the lions, murder us like they're doing in the Middle East right now and, and many places where our brothers and sisters are being tortured and killed for their faith in Christ. Paul was the leader of this. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, appears to him and gives him an ultimatum. Saul, his name was, wisely chooses Jesus And his name is changed to Paul. He becomes the Apostle Paul, means the sent one to establish churches. The very churches that he was destroying, he is now becoming the lead apostle in the church world. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote letters from prison, as he was in prison, back to the churches that he had started. And these are the letters that we now call the New Testament. And so we're going to read one of his letters to a church at Colossae. It says, verse 1 in Colossians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, or in the Gathering Place Church in San Diego, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Which has come to you as it is also in all the world. And is bringing forth fruit. As it is also among you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God and truth. As you also learned from Epaphras. Verse 8. Who also declared to us your love in the spirit. You see that phrase right there? Your love in the spirit. The Bible says when you come to Jesus. The love of God, which is a completely separate and supernatural kind of love. It's a love that loves the most ugly, mean enemy you have. This love explodes out of your heart for them. That's the supernatural love of God. When Jesus says, love your enemies, you can't do that in your natural flesh. You just want to kill them. But the love of God wants to save them. And so Paul is saying, Uh, who declared to us your love that's in the Holy Spirit. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Again, we're talking about knowledge and understanding that has not, that is, whose source is not in this natural world. It comes from the Spirit of God that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now watch this. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. He qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and uh, transferred us. It's like when you don't have enough money in your uh, checking account, so you transfer money from your savings over to your checking. Right? Anybody? Okay. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, immediately, immediately, spiritually, you literally are transferred From the power of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, you literally change accounts. And you are in the kingdom of God. Let's read that again. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom, the dominion of the King. And of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, not through good works, not through church attendance, not from doing unto others as you would want them to do unto you. That's all great stuff, but it doesn't save your soul. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing the bank of heaven respects. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created. We're talking about Jesus here. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Watch. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. He's not just a nice guy. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And here it comes. <laughs> here we come. here We're about to show up on the stage. Ready? And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Let's go back to John chapter 3. That was some good, that was some good reading right there, huh? John chapter 3. Man, just stand up here and read the Bible and get happy. John chapter 3. Back to Nicodemus and Jesus. Jesus trying to teach Nicodemus spiritual realities. So that Nicodemus, who is a spiritual leader, could be leading his congregation accurately. To know the Father. Not religion. Jesus says, verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's why we cannot solve natural problems with natural means all the time. Many times it's a spiritual solution to a natural situation. Gary and Kathy and Francisco down there have a great deliverance ministry. I mean, if you have a demon, send them down to the front row. Because these guys... Know who they are in Christ Jesus. And many times when somebody's tormented mentally or emotionally or even physically, so many times. I'm not saying everything's a demon. Don't get me wrong. That is not what my message is. My message is we have to have our spiritual eyes and awareness open to understand that we are not just wrestling with natural uh, circumstances. In fact, one time I'll give you an example. When I could, I could just tell you stories all day, but here's just one. I was uh, in my office, and all of a sudden I had this impression. It's just inside. This is the Holy Spirit impressing on me to walk around my entire property. Uh, we have about three acres uh, up in Ramona. Walk around the entire property and anoint the post on the corner of every corner of our property and pray against uh, the enemy. That's all I know. It's just an impression. I have no natural information. And the, the, and I, but I didn't want to. Because sometimes it's like, ah, oh, that's just kind of a weird thought. I don't want to get up and do that. That's really inconvenient. I'm uncomfortable here in my chair in my office. I don't want to walk around my property in 100-degree weather and pray over whatever, right? This is your mind talking, your natural mind, right, saying this, this is not logical. But the impression kept getting stronger. That's spiritual information from the Holy Spirit and the God uh, from, from the kingdom of God wanting me to do something. So I get up. I'm walking around the property. My dog's walking with me, wondering, why are we doing this? And I'm walking, and I'm thinking, of course, the neighbors might see me, so I've got the oil bottle down here, you know, privately, so that I'm going like this, and I walk by and kind of do this, and look like I'm, you know, looking at, you know, my property for some reason, you know, checking out the gopher holes, how can I solve the gopher problem? You know, I'm not not going around my property shouting at the top of my lungs, you know, in, in other tongues, and... Casting on principalities of Ramona or anything like that. I'm just like I'm gonna do this, but i'm gonna do it in stealth, right? But i'm doing it and i'm walking around I'm taking authority over the enemy. I get home. Okay. It was I don't know. Maybe the next week A fire breaks out in our backfield I'm in my office. My neighbor comes over and says there's smoke coming from your backfield And so our fire catches our field catches on fire And uh, the the helicopters came and the the planes came with the retardant and okay it, It burned eight acres And you look at it, it was on 10 News, you look at it from the top down, and it was scorched all the way up to the perimeter of everybody's homes. And here's the thing, where the fire broke out, if it went 10 feet that way, it would have burned my neighbor's house down. If it went that way, it would have burned my neighbor's house down. If it went that way, it would have burned our house down. If it went that way, it had eight acres to burn before it touched anybody's houses, and that's the way it went. When it was all said and done, my wife said, "My God communicates to my wife through the gift of dreams. She has dreams, and they come to pass. Names, places, dates, just, it's remarkable. It's like Daniel in the Bible, dreams is a spiritual gift. She, after she said, I had a dream, I think, I don't know how long ago it was, like a month or whatever, She's had a dream that there was a crazy man who is in our backfield light in a fire? I don't know what to do with all that, except to understand that the spirit realm is first and the natural realm is second. I have no doubt that the enemy sent a spirit, an evil spirit, a demon, who represent who, who the crazy man represented. To try to burn our house down. This enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If this is weird to you, it's only weird because we're in the Western Hemisphere where we're materialists. Right? We can't see it, test it, hear it. It's not real. You go anywhere else in the world and they just think that we were the ignorant ones. Thank God, I, thank God that I obeyed the Spirit's leading. Thank God. Jesus says in verse 7, Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. See, that, see it doesn't mean you're kooky and weird. Ooh, I didn't show up to work on time because, ooh, I was led by the Holy Spirit. That's just stupid, and it gives Christianity a really bad name, and you're going to get fired in the name of Jesus, I guess, or in the name of the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit is about faithfulness and hard work and integrity and honesty. Christians should be the hardest workers on the job, representing, representing Christ to the world. So this being led by the Spirit, you know, you don't know, you know, where the person is coming or going, you can't, don't, flaky isn't God. Can I say that again? Say it with me. Flaky isn't God. Amen? Amen. It's important to stay in a charismatic church. Okay. But the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things and say things and go places that your natural mind would not ever tell you to go because the Holy Spirit is not confined to or limited to our natural minds. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. Okay, I'm going to show you another scripture. We haven't fun yet? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Last week, again, I want to emphasize this point regarding the spiritual versus the natural. Because it is so important that you and I understand this so that you will raise your spiritual sword, which is your authority. Look, I pray over everything because it might be the enemy. I don't know. When I'm praying for the sick, I'm casting out devils. I'm coming against the spirit of, I don't know if I get a word of knowledge, then that's easy. But otherwise I'm just going to, I'm just praying everything. Because look, when Jesus healed the sick, so often you're reading the gospels, it says, and he cast out the spirit of infirmity. This woman, he went to church and this woman was bowed over like this. And Jesus says, ought not this woman. Whom Satan has oppressed for 18 years. Isn't that interesting? This woman was in church for 18 years like this. And Jesus said, shouldn't she be loosed having been oppressed by Satan for 18 years? Being that she is a child of Abraham or one who is a benefit of the promises that God made to Abraham. Well, you and I are the beneficiaries of the promises God made to Jesus when he died on the cross for our sins and then rose from the dead and broke the power of death, hell, and the grave. So our benefit package is better than hers. If she ought to be loosed, we ought to be loosed. I think I'm more excited about this than you guys are. I'm trying to amp you up for the game, all right? It's right out those doors. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul's trying to now teach on this again. And you remember last week I quoted this verse. In verse 9, it says, Eye is not seen, ear not heard, nor does it enter the heart of man. Verse 9, 2-9, 1 nine, Corinthians 2-9. The things which God has prepared for those who love him, I... I went on a rant about this last week because this is one of my pet peeves that we preach that verse right there to Christians. And we say, oh, yes. And I understand because we want God to be really big. And so we make him so big that we just can't understand the things he has prepared for those who love him. But Paul is talking about those who have not yet come to Christ. So their eyes have not yet been opened. So they cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. And you know that's true. One, from context, if you read the whole chapter. But secondly, because the next word out of his pen is this. Watch this. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody, say it out loud, loud. Come on, say it again. Okay, so that is not that's a that is contrast, not not uh comparison or. Similitude, it's contrast, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, just the deep things of God, verse 13 or verse 12. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That's what I'm talking about, our spiritual authority. Our ability to lay hands on the sick or just having the mind of Christ. Look at this. Verse 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spirituals. He's, He's contrasting now the spirit world with the natural world. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. How many of you know that's true? It's true, isn't it? Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, I do not want to make this uh, less tangible and less accessible by me talking about the spirit world versus the natural world. I'm trying to make it more accessible to us by opening our awareness through the knowledge of the scriptures and what Jesus and Paul are saying, that you understand that you have access right to the throne of almighty God. That is the source of all spirituality who rules and reigns over all the natural world. For the believer, it's right here. It's right here. Just start talking to God. When you know your authority in Jesus Christ, the ability to cast out a devil is immediate. We are not to be afraid of the dark side. They are afraid of believers who know who they are in Christ Jesus. And this isn't just good preaching. This is really true. But he who is spiritual judges all things that he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Watch this. But we have the mind of christ we have his wisdom we have his thoughts flowing through our minds we have his understanding I, I pray all the time god give me your perspective give me your perspective on this situation and i'm expecting to get his perspective see I'm, this isn't less tangible and less accessible it's more accessible it's like it's like being the heir to a billionaire but you just don't know it but once you know it I'm going to the bank this morning, like as soon as they open tomorrow, I guess. But if you don't know it, you sit as a, as a, as, as a person that is where, where you're at. Same thing spiritually, which is why it grieves me that in the body of Christ, it's taught that miracles have passed. So we have millions of Christians all over the planet that don't believe God for miracles, nor are they outperforming miracles because they've been taught that it's not for today. That's devastating. And it gives that kingdom a darkness. No resistance whatsoever. So I was reading, uh, my wife and I were just on, on vacation this last week, and there was this book in the room that I just fell in love with. It is an animated book with pictures and diagrams of all the warriors from as early as history has recorded all the way up to the present day. The ninjas, uh, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, the knights of the medieval times, and it shows how they came about, what their weaponry was, the formations they used in battle, the whole thing. It was just so cool. And what was really cool was, I'm reading how... Alexander the Great, uh, the Greek, overtook Persia. And I'm reading the history of it. Well, here's... Thank God Daniel chapter 10 is in the Bible. Because hundreds of years before that happened, before Greece overthrew Persia. You can read that in your world history books. You can go to Daniel chapter 10 in the Bible, and Daniel's praying... And an angel appears and says, Daniel, you started praying 21 days ago. Listen, for those of you who've been praying and praying and praying and praying for a long time, don't stop. Because many times the reason the prayer hasn't been answered isn't because you're having to twist God's arm to be good. It's because Satan is blocking and resisting the breakthrough of the kingdom for you and your family. You see, we need to understand these things so that we don't just decide, well, we prayed and it didn't happen. So could you imagine being in a boxing ring and you go out for the first round and say, well, I didn't knock him out in the first round. So I quit and take your gloves off and just leave. You don't do that in sports. You don't do that in business. Why do we do that spiritually? Because many times we are taught that you ask and then God decides whether he wants to heal you or not, for instance. where Then, then why would God give us His armor, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, "...put on the whole armor of God, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, the natural world. We wrestle against principalities, powers, spiritual hosts in in, uh, heavenly places, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places." Paul had his eyes opened by Jesus. He saw the entire demonic, uh, strategic, militaristic realm of all these angels who fell with Satan. He sees all the angels of God. And then he sees the church. And the Bible says that God is going to use the church to pull down the powers of darkness. And so we enter into prayer, and you pray for somebody, and it doesn't happen. And you say, Well, I guess it wasn't God's will. I'm just saying we need to get out our swords and just kick some devil butt. That, that's what I'm saying. There's certain things called breakthrough prayers, which you pray until you break through. And it's not breaking through God. It's breaking through the enemy. So this angel, it's recorded in the Bible. This angel comes and says, I was sent the first day you started praying. I was sent. But the prince of Persia withstood me. Now, how can a natural prince of Persia, a human being, withstand a powerful angel sent by God? It wasn't a natural prince. It was a principality, a demonic ruler that was ruling over the kingdom of persia i hear some some of your brains going ksh, ksh, ksh. Yeah. this this is so normal to god he answers his prayer and then he says now i got to go back because watch this The prince of Greece is going to come after the prince of Persia is removed. So I'm reading Alexander the Great, and I'm reading in The Natural about his his ascension and about his military strategies and how he overthrew the Persian Empire. I'm reading it, but I'm thinking, Alexander the Great thought he was so great. But it was already determined in the spirit realm. Hundreds of years before he ever beat up on Persia. And poor Persia. Just a pawn in the war between heaven and hell. Did Alexander have Great have a part to play? Yes. He had to use every ounce of his being, his faith, his military prow- prowess. He had to uh, get his army ready. We have to do 100% what is up to us. You have to do your part. But then God does his part. And together... Sorry, that was kind of loud. I'm just getting a little excited. And together, we rout the enemy. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Let's go back to John chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to close with with this. John chapter 3... Jesus talking to Nicodemus and he says in verse 12, if I have told you earthly things, meaning I've compared the spiritual birth to the natural birth, I've used wind, I've used natural illustrations. If you don't understand the things I've told you, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? In other words, we just scratched the surface, Nicodemus. I'm trying to explain to you the spirit world and you're freaking out over over the new birth. That's just the front door to the kingdom of God and all the stuff that I want to teach you. No one has ascended to heaven, Nicodemus, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. There's a mind twister. I'm here, Nicodemus, but I'm also there. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. So I reject it. I don't believe it. Well, if God was the size of your pea brain, why would we be worshiping him? That's what worship is. And as has Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son or his church into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he uses another natural illustration when he talks about being raised up, like Moses raised a serpent on a stick. You guys know the medical emblem, right, where you got a pole and you have a snake wrapped around it? You guys familiar with that medical emblem? Well, that came from this experience that Moses had in the desert where God's people were rebelling against him for the 150,000th time. And so, you know, this is... I don't know how to explain this or why, but as God can be God He doesn 't need our permission, so he sends serpents and they bite the people. <laughs> sometimes he just gets irritated and so and so and so which by the way that's another uh issue, which is the opening of the door to the enemy through constant rebellion and unrepentant of sin. you open the door to the enemy, and the enemy has. A right to come in and to afflict, which is why in the New Testament, when He says, "If you're sick, is anyone sick among you? Not some of you that God chooses, but is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the leaders of the church and let them pray over you, the prayer filled with faith, anointing you with oil, which is a sign of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord will heal you, the sick. And if you and if you've committed any sins." You will be forgiven. Many times unrepentant sin, which is rebellion against God, opens the door to the enemy, so the enemy can come in to afflict. But thank God God's given graces to the church, like praying over one another, confessing our sins to one another, so that you may be healed spirit, soul, and body. So God sends the serpents, and then Moses says, Oh God. And so God says, Okay, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to close with this set a pole up in the middle of the camp and put a snake on it. And the people that come and look at the snake will be healed. Jesus said, and this is for those of you here today who have not yet given your life to Christ, this message right now is for you. Jesus said, just like Moses lifted a snake up, a serpent on a pole, and whoever looked upon it would be healed, so... Anyone who looks upon the cross and looks upon Jesus, who was suspended between heaven and earth, heaven and earth both rejected the Son of God. He was put on a pole, on a cross, and the Bible uses the serpent to represent sin and the curse. And the Bible says that Jesus bore our sin and our curse upon himself on that cross. If you were to look upon Jesus today as he hung on that cross for you 2,000 years ago and you put your faith in him, you will be spiritually healed today. Your sins will be completely forgiven. He will breathe his spirit into you right now. You will feel his peace into your soul and you will become a child of God. Would you close your eyes with me this morning, church? If that's you, and you need your sins forgiven, you want to enter the kingdom of God. You want to be born again like Jesus says, you must be born again to enter heaven. It's a free gift. You cannot earn it. And God loves you right where you are. You can't clean yourself up and then impress God. Just come right like you are and say, I need Jesus, if that's you, will you raise your hand right where you are? And I'm going to pray for you. Jesus is going to see your hand. And he is going to receive you as his son or daughter right now. You're going to be delivered from the powers of darkness that have been controlling you. And you're going to immediately be transferred into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And the enemy is going to lose all authority over you. And you're going to experience the peace and joy of Jesus like you've never known before. If that's you, will you raise your hand right where you are and say, that's me. I'm receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior this morning. Maybe you've been far from God. You came to Him once, but you've been far from Him. And this message has drawn you. And you want to come back and get right with God and walk in His will for your life again. If that's you, will you raise your hand? I see your hand, sir. black shirt. Anybody else raise your hand? Say, that's me. I see your hand over here.